0: And then there were seven. That will be part of covering the Commonwealth part two, but not immediately as we begin that right now. Yep,
1: we're copying this idea. Covering the Commonwealth. A look at the locally interesting teams and stories from the experts who cover them. Let's start
2: with JMU.
0: With Shane Metlin of the Harrisonburg Daily News Record. Shane, Bob Chesney, the guy. He gets the call and answers and accepts it from the JMU Athletic Department to be their new head football coach from Holy Cross. So that Flight Tracker work you did a few weeks ago paying off. First of all, you've got to feel infinitely satisfied that all of your efforts following Flight Tracker at least led to the eventual conclusion of the head coach.
3: Yeah, yeah, the the, the Flight Tracker ended up pointing us in the right direction which, which which uh it's glad it's good we weren't wasting our time the entire time
0: no it definitely uh you definitely were not and that's a positive for you uh, meanwhile the dukes themselves they would certainly feel they're not wasting their time was this the best they could reasonably have hoped for a guy who's had a lot of success winning but not necessarily at the 1a fps level
3: yeah i mean i guess we'll see i mean I think there were some coaches who have that uh division one the fbs experience um under their belt but uh, chesney seemed to be the guy who impressed them the most and the people on the on the hiring committee and you know he's he's had great success now at d3 d2 and fcs level he's won everywhere he went everybody i've talked to says he's just unbelievably, you know, detail oriented, um, that he's probably been preparing for this job uh, you know, ever since he got out of college, so you know, the people who know him don't seem to be too concerned that he will be able to continue to have success as he moves up level to level um, but, you know, it, it's always a kind of wait and see type of situation, you know, there's been people who we've thought were, were sure things and then they're not, so you know, we'll learn more and more about Bob Chesney in the months to come
0: As far as your perspective, you mentioned the positives for JMU and what they like about a guy like Bob Chesney. True or false, his biggest challenge is going to be the transfer portal and rebuilding this roster on the fly given the volume of departures
3: yeah I mean, I think that's almost everybody's biggest challenge, but it's a little bit more when you're you're switching jobs here right at this time of year uh you know i, I saw somebody kind of you know sum it up the other day saying you know only in college football do you have the postseason and the off season going on at the exact same time and you know that that's a huge challenge for you know a program that's getting ready for their first bowl game has a brand new coach has players who are in the transfer portal but are still going to play in the bowl game and they're recruiting those guys and they're deciding which high school players that are committed that they still want to recruit and what direction they want to go with everybody who's, you know still somewhat associated with the program so it it's a lot to sort out here in the next couple weeks and that that's going to be a huge challenge for for chesney i mean even if you are as detail oriented as everybody um says there's a lot of moving parts that aren't necessarily in your control
0: we're chatting of course with shane metlin Harrisonburg daily news record here in the fast lane and then there were seven men's basketball teams undefeated jmu dukes are still among them how long does this keep going
3: You know, it could go on for a little while. When you start to look at the schedule, I mean, (laughs) there's always weird things that happen this time of year. JMU lost a game right before Christmas last year against probably the worst team on their schedule when they went to uh, to Coppin State. So, so who knows? You know, but you look at their upcoming games. You know, before before Christmas, they go to Hampton. That's you know a team that's you know really far down the ranks as far as you know Ken Palm net rankings, things like that. Then you have a couple of MEAC teams in Coppin State at home, and you go you go to uh, Morgan State. Those are games that this JMU team really should win, and they shouldn't really even be challenged that much in those games. And then we're talking about you know starting conference play right before New Year's. I, it could go on a little while. It, if they play to their capabilities, this team could go on a pretty long winning streak to start the season.
0: Shane, thank you for your time in the fast lane, projecting plenty of optimism, even with some of it needing to be proven for JMU football and men's basketball. We appreciate your time. We're always optimistic you'll bring it. Shane, we look forward to chatting again next week. All right, thanks. Shane Metlin with us here in the fast lane. Now to- The Radford Highlanders with Rick Watson, the play-by-play voice. For the Radford Highlanders, whose next game six thirty airtime on the VTR and Roanoke app, and ninety nine point five FM twelve forty a.m. Roanoke, and ninety five point five FM thirteen fifty a.m. in Bedford, as VMI and Radford will battle in yet another intra-Virginia matchup tomorrow night more on that momentarily though Rick first of all Radford they came out of the exam break with an 82-74 victory over NC Central a team that regularly makes it to the NCAA tournament at least to the play-in game how fresh did the Radford Highlanders look in your eyes with that exam break in the rearview mirror
1: well, they were clearly eager to get on the floor and kind of uh, unleash a little bit of exam tension, if you will. They were excited at the opportunity now. They can just be basketball players for about a month while uh, school was out. So they played pretty well. They had strong energy throughout, and um, DeAndre Pierce uh, was excellent. I mean, he didn't score much, but seven rebounds. He tied a Radford record with seven blocked shots. So there were some good things that happened on the career field. And just usual scoring and winning games that way it was uh what they did the little areas that i know coach nichols has been looking at that they came out of the break and were very sharp with
0: you mentioned those elements to radford and how they were sharp coming out of the break and this is i mean you get teams like nc central where it was four and seven entering the game and it's hard to get a gauge because they're trying to get whatever they can on their schedule and sometimes it's more challenging but you mentioned all the areas How much has the depth impressed you so far for Radford, particularly the ability to go eight to nine deep and have a lot of versatility in that?
1: Yeah, it's something that I know Coach has been trying to recruit for here in year number three. It was one of his goals to be able to say, okay, well, if you're not... Defending the way I need you to, that I can take you out and you can observe for a little while. We're not going to have a huge drop off, or if there's foul trouble. The backcourt depth has really been superb so far through the first 11 games. We're trying to get everybody healthy there in the front court, and once that happens, I think you're going to see the big compliment from the guys down low with what the guards have been providing so far this year.
0: Rick Watson, play-by-play voice, Radford Highlanders, with us here in the fast lane. Rick series with VMI is even up at 22 apiece. How much, though, should Radford expect to be able to pull ahead, given the newness on this VMI roster that they'll be facing?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's uh, so many freshmen there for Coach Wilson. You know, he got hit pretty hard by the portal, and it's tough. I mean, he knew that going in, talking with him about that job. It's just uh, a tough place, as you know, to recruit to and to get guys to commit to now with the portal. They have just two years to decide whether they're going to leave or they're going to commit to the military service. So, He's done a nice job, though, of restocking the cupboard, and they're going through it right now with um, you know their non-conference schedule, trying to get as much experience out of those young guys as they can for the Southern Conference, but uh, you're right. It, it's a great rivalry. I wish it was one of those games that we could play every year. It's a convenient trip for both schools, and when they were in the Big South with Radford, it became a nice little rivalry. The Highlanders won the Big South Championship in 2009 over uh, a very good VMI team, so it's nice to see them back on the schedule, no doubt about it.
0: Rick, thank you for your time. We'll be listening for the call 6.30 p.m. Tuesday night on the VTRN Roanoke app cap and across the Virginia Talk Radio Network.
1: All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
0: Rick Watson with us here in the Fast Lane. And last but not least, or four- that professional football team in Landover, Maryland, as we discuss them now on W226, BG Timberlake, WVGMA, Lynchburg, WMA, Gretna, Danville, Southside. And the news coming down today, linebacker Jameen Davis placed on injured reserve, meaning his season is over, unless there's some miracle that comes in for the Washington Commanders and they somehow get into the playoffs, which I'm not holding my breath on that one. Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment is with us now. Seawall, how likely are we to start seeing more of this with the commanders as we see with other teams whose playoff aspirations have grown faint, and that is when players are dealing with injuries, sometimes management will shelve them and protect the overall asset, even if it makes it even more challenging for the coaching staff to win games.
2: I think we'll absolutely see a bit more of this. Um, I was anticipating um, Coach Rivera maybe sharing a little bit more about Emmanuel Fors with his elbow injury, but it sounds like he could potentially come back. He um, mentioned that Ricky Stromberg also had, had surgery, so, you know, and he's going to be out for the season. He will not be coming back. So I think over the next four weeks, there will for certain be more of you know, season-ending, you know, surgeries and, and the like, for sure.
0: You're expecting that. Meanwhile, for this team, the Washington Commanders, they come out of the bye week and they get ready for a trip to the resurgent and resilient L.A. Rams. How much do you expect this Rams team to resemble the one that gave Baltimore all they could handle in that overtime thriller that the Ravens ultimately won yesterday?
2: I think we'll we'll definitely see a very strong um, L.A. Rams team because of their overtime loss to the Baltimore Ravens. I mean they were they were right there, and you know it came down to a punt return for a touchdown. So I think this Rams team is definitely in the playoff hunt, as uh, Coach Rivera called it today. They're play- they are definitely playing for their playoff lives right now. So they're going to come out strong and aggressive against the Commanders. I'm anticipating on Sunday. Most
0: people do anticipate that. We don't anticipate the work is going to be great. We know it's going to be great from Candy Waller of Seawall Sports and Entertainment. Seawall, last one for you, and we're going to kind of pick your expertise here because you're also one who covers for Sports Illustrated and Bowie TV, the Washington Wizards, but there is a ton of movement going on with monumental sports and entertainment, the Learner Property Group, uh, including looking in the Commonwealth of Virginia for possible relocation, as well as sniffing around the Washington Nationals and purchasing their Is all this tied together? Is this something that you anticipate coming together, both of these? Or is one more likely than the other?
2: I think Tay Leonsis is strongly considering moving his teams. I mean, this is interesting, though. Let me let me say this. It's all interesting, especially coming on the heels of new commanders ownership. Talk of com- the commanders being back in D.C. In my mind, I'm literally thinking, why wouldn't you want to be in the city with all of the other professional sports teams? But at the same token, I think Tay Leonsis likes being the only sports team owner in town, hence why he tried to buy the nationals and has you know so far has been unsuccessful with that so a new location um, I think just because he what he wants his own space he he wants to be the king of the sports I think Um, so this will be interesting and very likely to happen quite frankly
0: so there's a high probability according to seawall that there could be a move coming not out of the full dc area but out of dc proper for the wizards and capitals which are part of monumental sports and entertainment candy waller seawall sports and seawall SC are the ways to connect with her on the social seawall sports on instagram and ceo seawall and seawall se on twitter candy thank you for your time as always in the fast lane and going a little bit off the path of the commanders to more broader dc sports topics
2: Absolutely. Always happy to do so. And I'll talk
0: to you guys again soon. Indeed. Candy Waller with us here in the fast lane. That does it for us today. I was going to
4: say, good for, um, you know, Ron Rivera is improving from last year. He is now remembering that the commanders still could make the playoffs. He didn't, you obviously remember he didn't last year. So, yeah. Um, don't think they will. I don't either, Trey. I think the- But that is improvement. If they wanted to see improvement, that is improvement.
0: I, right? I I you're very much on on point Trey. It's it's a low bar in expectation, but here it is. By the way, we'll opine more on the breaking news cuz this is a shocker Trey. Tomorrow in the Fast Lane. <laughs> you ready for this one that came right before we were signing
4: off? Oh my gosh, I see it. I'm actually looking at it right now. I mean, can g- gain your breath
0: back. Keep breathing Trey.
4: <sighs> Future New England Patriot Drake May is declared for the NFL draft.
0: Yes. And yes,
4: I do mean that because they will have the number either the number two or number three pick, and based off of perfect deduction, number one will be Caleb Williams, whoever gets the whether the Bears trade it or keep it. Number two will probably be the Cardinals with Marvin Harrison Jr., and then number three, New England with this guy. Yes. unless they trade to one.
0: I mean, in some order, yes. More on that later, though. In the meantime, we're off today. We're back tomorrow afternoon on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.